Hello everybody, good evening once again and welcome to Cash Cow. So this week has been a rather stressful one for me, uh, being the end of the month and all that. So I thought, let's make this episode a pretty relaxing one. Let's talk about something calm, something chill. Let's talk today about tulips and bubbles. Let's go. Welcome to Cash Cow, the show where we talk about finance, accounting, investments, and many more. Join us as we walk through the big world of finance, one step at a time. Alright, so let's get right into our chill episode of today. Let's talk about tulips. And yes, I do mean the flower. And I'm not going to talk so much about the flower itself but rather an event that revolved around tulip flower. And to be specific, I'm talking about something called tulip mania. Now, this event uh, in history came by many other names, such as the tulip craze, the Dutch tulip market bubble, and uh, many others. There's even a word in Dutch, which I'm not going to say because it will be absolutely butchered when I say it. So, but anyway, tulip mania was one of the most famous market bubbles and crashes of all time, right? It happened in 1636. Now, this is according to an 1841 account by an author called Charles McKay. The entirety of the Dutch society went crazy over exotic tulips. And uh, tulips are, yeah, to be honest, they are a rather beautiful flower. Uh, Of course, I am not appreciative so much of flowers, but I do find it a rather attractive flower. Anyway, um, McKay the author that I mentioned wrote a book called Memoirs of Extraordinary Popular Delusions and the Madness of Crowds. And he wrote about this event in that book. Um, As prices rose um, for the tulips, people got swept up in a kind of speculative fever. And uh, noticing this, he dubbed the phenomenon tulip mania or tulipomania. So if I, for example, right now, let's stop and Google um, tulip prices Malaysia, which I did uh, right before recording this. You'll see the prices range for a bouquet of tulips, right? It's about 100 to 200 plus ringgit in the country where I am, Malaysia. And that's roughly around 25 to 50 USD uh, for a bouquet of tulips. Now let's get into the story of tulip mania. So let's go to Amsterdam in uh, 1630s, okay? In Netherlands, of course. And at the time, Amsterdam was an important port and commercial center. Right? A lot of import-export from Asia to Europe and back. So these days, if you're a successful businessman in 2021, uh, what do you do, right? You, you're an immensely successful businessman or whatever. You go, you go flash it out, right? You go flex. Um, most people do anyway. Of course, the really smart, the really intelligent, wealthy ones, they put it into assets and stuff like that. Or they save it, they build something for the future or for the you know, less fortunate. But most people, they, they can't resist getting a bit of flash in and they get a Lamborghini. Right? Or they get a nice sports car, I8, something. Or they get a big house like Drake's house. Um, and they pimp it out and then they go and, you know, they, they flex. Lah, right? So, but back then in the 1630s in Netherlands, if you wanted to flex, you got a huge house, right? That's number one. But then instead of a Lambo, which wasn't available at the time, you'd get a beautiful flower garden. And at that time, the tulip was a particularly popular flower. Right, And it was popular because it was exotic. And the Dutch became especially fascinated with something called broken tulips, 
which were caused by a certain virus, a tulip breaking virus. And the bulbs for, of the tulip that were affected by these virus um, pro- produced striped and speckled flowers. And they, they were said to resemble a flame. And it looks a bit like you can Google it, and I'm sure an image will come out. And this made this 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 um, this characteristic of this broken tulip made the tulip rarer than normal tulips because it was even more uh, scarce. Right? And uh, since it came from the east, like I said, it was an exotic exotic flower, and it's very difficult to bloom. I'm told I've never grown a tulip in my life, but I understand that it takes more effort than most flowers to to make it to bloom. And as you can probably tell by now, um, this caused the price of tulips to be rather expensive. And with its popularity and more people wanting it as a sign, as a status symbol and stuff like that, prices rose even more. And then you add that to low supply because it's difficult to grow and high demand. And there you have it, tulip mania. So tulip prices spiked from December 1636 to February 1637 with some of the most prized bulbs like the coveted Switzer experiencing a 12-fold price jump. The most expensive uh, tulips, tulip receipts that uh, this historian named Anne de Golga found were for 5,000 guilders. That's the currency in the Netherlands uh, at the time. And the going rate for a nice house in 1637 was about 5,000 guilders. So you can imagine that someone spent a house on a tulip. It's nearly insane, right? But these exorbitant prices then again were outliers. She only found like 37 people who paid more than 300 guilders for a tulip bulb, uh, which is the equivalent of what a skilled craftsman at the time could earn in a year. So, um, but still... Tulip prices at the time were ridiculously expensive, right? There were thousands and thousands of guilders, uh, which would be worth, you know, thousands if not tens of thousands of ringgit in today's value. Um, and people began buying tulips with leverage even. They started using margin derivative contracts to buy more than they could afford. And they also started using a type of contract which were an early version of today's futures contract. Like um, they were promised to buy the tulips at a future date at the current price. And it, it, was, it was a whole market. It, it, people were not only buying tulips to plant, uh, to flex in their nice house, but they were buying to trade it as well. It was a proper market. It became a market, like a legit uh, buy and sell trading kind of market, but it was unregulated. That's the thing. So a lot of it happened in like bars and restaurants and all this. So there's no regulation apart from, a, you know, probably a verbal or a simple written contract. And this continued, right? This continued uh, and soon enough, it became a bubble. The prices go up and up and up and people were willing to pay exorbitant prices for something which, to be honest, intrinsic value-wise is much lower. It's worth much less, right? I mean, how much is a tulip worth in itself? You can't... A tulip is a, what I, I call a non-utility kind of flower, right? It, it doesn't give any food to eat. It doesn't give any shelter to stay. It doesn't grow into a tree and stuff like that. It's just a flower that is aesthetically pleasing. So... The intrinsic value of that, to me, is not so high. And I'm sure to a lot of people, is not incredibly high as much as the, it was valued at the time. So, with all this demand and all this, it grew and grew and grew, it became a bubble. And eventually, the demand ended. The bubble burst, right? People suddenly realized that they were paying too much money for tulips. So, people panicked. They tried to sell off the ridiculously priced tulips. And they, of course, have to give it off at lower prices. And then the price comes plummeting down and the bubble burst. 
that's how it happens right so now let's go about bubbles bubbles the tulip mania was an example of a bubble right? a bubble is an economic cycle right that is characterized by the rapid escalation of a market value in an asset right especially in the price of an asset so this steep price rise is usually followed by a rapid decrease in value when the bubble is burst and the bubbles are usually only identified in retrospect looking back after a massive drop in price occurs you can't really see a bubble unless you are privy to certain information or you see it coming like you know the industry super well like what happened with michael burry and uh, the sh- the housing market uh, in the us and if you don't know about this whole story i suggest you go and watch the big shot it's on netflix um it's an excellent movie um for the life of me i can't remember who acted in it uh, was it christian bale yes christian bale played mark Ma- michael burry and um uh, what's the guy from the office steve carell uh, that guy is anyway it's a really nice movie you should check it out even margot robbie is there and, and she makes a small little cameo in the front talking about like um shorting and stuff like that if i remember correctly i watched it a while back but it's a really nice movie you should check it out it explains the whole story of the us um housing bubble and how it affected the economy of not only the us but many parts of the world and that is an example of a bubble right when a bubble bursts you can only see it when it happens after it happens and it also happened with the dot com bubble in the 90s where random websites if just because for the fact that they are a website they get huge price speculation and um, huge valuations like you know huge amount of um, uh, cost for a single share and it burst right when the intrinsic value of their website is not so uh, utilitarian right? it's not so high it's no amazon not every website is amazon and facebook and google right there's a million other websites out there which to be frank most of them are limited in utility right to a certain audience not everyone can create an, a facebook or a google and this happened in the 90s as well and then there were the real estate bubble like i mentioned and there's a lot of other bubbles in history uh, there was the roaring 20s which we all weren't alive for um, unless someone is you know 100 years old listening to this but we definitely want li- around for that and there were so many historical events where there were bubbles to be observed and it will keep happening just as long as people have a concept of time concept of present and concept of future as long as we buy something with the expectation that the price will go up and people look at that action and buy buy more that will keep happening bubbles will keep happening we can see it in cryptocurrency for example as well uh, to certain extent like not every coin is a bitcoin but yet you see coins like uh, meme coins and all going up super high it's because of supply and demand right it, that's a simple fact if there's no demand there will be no price hike all these pump and dump schemes and all this um to me miniature bubbles right a pump and dump is nothing more than a miniature bubble people see something they pump it up people uh, the insiders know what it is the outsiders come in too early okay they can make a small profit if they sell early but everyone who comes after that just falls victim to the scam uh, or this whole scheme and then they lose their money that's it simple as that and uh, it will it will keep happening so there's no way to predict accurately this is a bubble but we can watch for the signs like mania people rushing out to buy it and all it sounds a bit very similar to crypto what's happening with crypto and all this but then again we need to keep in mind the intrinsic value and the utility of 
uh, what you are looking at, right? For example, tulips and all this, they don't have utility. So you can argue that uh, super high valuation, five thousand um, equivalent of dollars that time, was not a fair valuation. Anyway, I've started to ramble on, so <laughs> let's call it a day. Tulips and bubbles. I hope you enjoyed this little um, going off on a tangent here and trying to do something a bit uh, more relaxing with this podcast episode. Um, nothing too technical here. Just a bit of sharing and talking about this interesting event that happened in history. A bit of financial knowledge. So once again, as usual, do drop your thoughts on any comments you might have. Until next time, I thank you always for your time and may your assets ever outweigh your liabilities. Until next week, this was Cash Cow and good night.